What's that smell? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty as fuck. Hey, look at me! Thrill me. If you come back in here, I'm gonna hit you with so many rights, you're gonna beg for a left. Thrill me. Beg for a left. Thrill me. Most important podcast you could possibly listen to all year if you are a fan of bad movies and you're thinking to yourself alone in the bathroom while taking a constitutional constitutional on the no uh, and thinking to yourself, gee, what bad movies could I watch today? Well, here you go. That's what we're doing. We're going to count down each of our top 10 bad movies. Today we're doing uh, 10 through 5 of what we saw in 2016. Not movies from 2016, just what we saw in 2016 and talked about on this podcast. So, uh, how we do this is we count backwards from 10 and we each talk about stuff. So We have to stand on one leg and if you don't do it right, then they take you to jail. Mm. Well, and then if you think you might be pregnant from this podcast, you should... Stand on your head and drink a Dr. Pepper as fast as you can. Does oh. that work? Get that's of- what I've heard. Okay. That's, a, uh, that's a little Idaho trick for you. Also, Cures Mania. Uh, I'm Justin, I should say. Also, here are Sam and Jackie. Hello. Hello. I'll, I'll let you guess which one's which. Uh, Jack- Hello. My name is Sam. <laughs> that's really a good impression of me. <laughs> it's about the best impression she's ever done, actually. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jackie, we're going to start with you. Yeah, yeah. My number 10. What is your n- n- number 10? My number 10 was Dreamer. Dre- you're really? kidding me. Wow. Dreamer you're made the list. I forgot about that You're kidding me. No, I really liked this bowling movie. You gave it a do not. <laughs> I know, but the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. So, you know, it was a do not for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to recommend you get off the toilet and watch it right now. I, I'm going to say that, you know, I have, it was one of those movies that stuck out the most in my mind. Huh. And when I was going through my, you know, all the movies that we'd watched, I thought, you know, Dreamer, uh, yeah, it was pretty, uh, it, it stuck with me. And and the more I think back about it, the more I, I liked it. It was. Okay. Get into some specifics here. What? What? Because nothing happens in that movie. Nothing. Well, sex on grandma's boat. Uh, okay. Yeah, the boat sex thing. Yeah. There's yeah. also, uh, the further I got away from it, Jack Warden bowling himself to death was pretty fucking funny. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, you know, and it just his car going into the lake and, you know, he had really had to persevere to be the number one bowler. Well, if you're not familiar with the film Dreamer, if you skipped that episode, because many people did, because it is not a common film. Uh, it's the story of uh, Joe Schmo, bowler pin guy. That uh, I'm the I'm the bowling lane jock, the pro, I guess, or yeah, whatever. He's he like was... the douche that works in the golf shop. <laughs> that guy's not a douche. <laughs> They're always douches. Yeah, okay, Dude, he works at the pro shop. Yeah, and uh, has dreams of becoming the next major league bowling guy, whose name I could never know. 
Yeah, I don't know any. I, I bowled Dick League for a long time. It's Dick something. Dick Rackham. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, lane splitter. <laughs> Pin knock him downer. <laughs> Pin knock him downer. Bring in the thunder. Uh, yeah, so he goes on this like self-discovery journey of like how to be number one, and he essentially goes through that like whole rock and roll uh lifestyle your, your typical like rock and roll starting out from small and becoming somebody big story like oh the struggles with fame but he's bowling yep yep uh yeah i didn't like this film jackie but uh <laughs> it, it, it feels i can understand the recommendation kind of because it has the feeling of like one of mystery science theater's crappy movies that they just it, it is riffable. There's so much riffability to it. But. Absolutely, because it's very slow-paced as well. And not a lot transpires. <laughs> the other kind of funny thing that you can make fun of the lady, his girlfriend, is probably the most irrational character that's ever been in a movie, because she's like, you're going nowhere with your life, and you don't love me. And it's like, you work at the bowling alley, too? Yeah. What the fuck, What's man? What's the problem? Well, she's hoping that somebody will pull her out of the, the drunks, the drumdoms of life. Yeah, number 10, Dreamer, huh? Uh, huh? I should mention that the film is currently streaming on YouTube. Oh, is it? So you can, uh, if, you, if you like Jackie's picks, you can just go check that out today. Get some friends, get some tequila and make fun of it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, get wasted during that one. Turn It'll it into a drinking one. game. Yeah. Take a shot or take a two swigs of beer for every strike and you'll be drunk by the end of it. You might be drunk within 10 minutes. So that's the way to do it. It starts out with a strike. You sure? Why not? We're going <laughs> to drink the whole beer. You're not shotgunning anyone. Yeah, that'd be crazy. My number 10 movie is Deadliest Prey, starring Ted Pryor back as Mike Denton, which two years ago, Deadly Prey was my number one pick. Oh. So a little bit of a drop. But uh, we did an episode on Deadliest Prey. Uh, Jackie bought it for me on Blu-ray, and I would highly recommend it. But my thoughts on Deadliest Prey is it should be praised because... It's the rare achievement in filmmaking where somebody has taken a movie that has a huge cult following mm -hmm. and decided to make a sequel to it with, again, no money, and then just regurgitates the very first film and delivers fan service here and there, and it works. Yeah. That never fucking works. Ever. Does that ever fucking work? Deadliest Prey is the only time I can think of where you have a sequel that's just all those things and it works. It's the perfect homage to the original film. Yes. And yeah. it's very rare that that happens. It didn't make my list, but it did make my, it, I wrote it down when I was whittling. It was probably about four out. Yeah. Your honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, well, that's interesting, Justin, because uh, I also had Deadliest Prey on my oh, list. Lovely. But I, uh, I rated a little higher. Okay. All right. All right. So we'll be seeing it again. But, uh, you know, I'm going to say my favorite part was when he pulls out the uh, jean cutoff shorts. Yeah, of course. Looks at them and then throws them back. And that's that. there's your fan service. Usually jokes like that don't work. But it like everything that happens in that film that is like, hey, remember this from Deadly Prey? You're like, yes, yes, Mike Dan, That's fucking awesome. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I think it's one of their AIPs, the other AIPs. Yeah. Best examples of uh, filmmaking. How could you not vote for a guy named Mike Danton? Yeah. No, he's awesome. Uh, it was good to see Ted Breyer again, even though he's uh, 
Well, he's not elderly. He's probably our age. He looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he's not that. He looks better than me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I loved the the entire thing was just made so that Ted Pryor can have a bonding experience with his son because his son was like, my dad was an action star. Was he, kid? Yeah, actually, yeah. he fucking was, he was, turns out. And they make an action movie together, and uh, oh, it was great. Uh, that That's the, the whole thing. If every Hollywood movie was, wasn't made so that millions of tickets would be sold, but just so a father and son can bond a little... All movies would be garbage, but I would like it. <laughs> <laughs> it only costs a dollar, so yeah. that would be all right. No, it's great. Deadliest Prey is fantastic. Uh, I would buy it on Blu-ray. Go buy it on Blu-ray. Buy both of them. This, the one caveat is, as I would say, you can't see Deadliest Prey without seeing Deadly Prey. They're, they're a package deal. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Sam, number 10. Number 10, though dull, was culturally impact impacting enough that it made my list mazes and monsters which we just talked about Whoa. not too oh long ago God, wow that made your list that made like because it made such it's still evil to play dungeons and dragons yes that's the thing is that this shit was so stupid and people still believe it if that's you, why it made it the list if you missed uh, our uh streaming do's and don'ts on mazes and monsters currently on amazon prime tom hanks's the american treasure Tom Hanks, Academy Award winning, two-time Tom Hanks yep. in his first uh, lead role in a film. And it's terrible. It's r- atrocious. Yes, the it- monster is ridiculous. There's a monster? There, well, his hallucination monster. The monster is your own mind. Yeah, well, the monster is the evil of Dungeons yeah, and Dragons. Of role-playing games, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Sam. Good pick. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, this also is uh, uh, very similar to like what Jackie's pick was with Dreamer. This could be a Mystery Science Theater episode of one of like the shitty movies that they riff. Very riffable. Very stupid. Very slow moving. A lot of fun with two or three folks that get it. And uh, yeah, I, I don't blame you for this one. No, I, by the end of it, that when you're you've been kind of dragged through this made for TV movie. That's the evils of board games and how they can ruin your whole life. I don't think it's board games. I think it's role Just playing dungeons games. and dragons. Yeah, pretty basically much. that, uh, you're, you're like, what he's, he's really going to get stuck in character. And that's the, that's the evil thing that happens. Like you're, he's now a wizard for life drugs or uh-huh. something yeah, like, prostitution like uh, I, i'll suck your cock for that card yeah or he falls down a well maybe because he was trying to get too adventurous <laughs> <laughs> no he just gets stuck as pardue his in-game paladin he, and he's in game in he, character forever he just gets to live at his mom's plantation and go have adventures every day for the rest of his life as pardue it kind of seems like you know I guess if I don't got a lot going on, hey, you know, losing your mind is not such a terrible thing. Yeah, if my parents were that well off and had that much land, I would totally just start calling them the innkeepers and act <laughs> like I was nuts just so I didn't have to have a job. Like, he's got it figured out. Pardue demands more sandwiches, mother maid lady. Yes. <laughs> now, I'm sure they have a maid there that he doesn't have to talk to his mom like that. <laughs> we have Kool-Aid in my fantasy land. I will take more. 
oh yeah <laughs> your art, like your your right hand man of wizardry yeah. is the kool-aid that's man. that's your major summon <laughs> yeah. is that if you're out in the fucking field and there's you know too many swamp rats or whatever you could be like i summon kool-aid man and he bursts through and knocks them all down oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> But they they pay Alfred the butler to wear the Kool-Aid man costume <laughs> yeah, just and just hide out in the bushes until he says, I summon the Kool-Aid man. He's it's, like, fuck, I was a respectable butler before this jackhole moved back in. It's either he lives here or we have to pay for him to lo- live in the bin. So yeah, exactly. we're just going to let him stay home. So give it, him what he wants. It would end up like Billy Madison. You'd have two friends that also go Pardue just so they could live at your parents' house. And we get to have that for the rest of our lives, going Pardue. Yes. We can now tell somebody when they're being a fucking idiot that has gone too far, they're going Pardue. Exactly. That's the reason, too. One, that it's still uh, an evil in America to play Dungeons and Dragons, sort of. And two, that it gave a cultural idiom. Yes, indeed. Jackie, you're number 10. I've already done mine. Uh, Jackie, you're number nine. No, number nine. Mm, well, you guys might be not that surprised, that, but maybe surprised that it's so low on the list. Hmm. Gremlins. Gremlins is not really a stinker, but okay. <laughs> we watched it, though. Yeah, 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 we did. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I love this movie. I'll, I'll put it on here. It because it's Joe Dante, and uh, anytime we can talk about Joe Dante... Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, Joe Dante's awesome. This was the most heartwarming Christmas movie <laughs> <laughs> I have seen in a long time. Uh you know, especially with the one gremlin in the bar who's hanging there with a ski mask, smoking a cigarette with a gun. Yes. I just, if you watch this movie and you look at how, like, they really put in some time with these gremlins. Uh-huh. You know, and uh, I'm sorry, but it's just fucking incredibly funny. Gremlins, I think, is, pro- like, the, the problem with 80s movies and how, like, much people love them is there's a there's a level of nostalgia i mean we just went through it with with stranger things which is fantastic but a lot of people are like oh my god that's so 80s gremlins is was a staple during that decade like it was a really fucking big yes. deal it was everywhere it was as big as first day bueller's day off but when i watched it i got no nostalgia from it i just was entranced by the filmmaking it is fantastic on every single level from the uh production design to the score to the acting well what's his name's a little wonky but um to to obviously joe dante's work with the puppets it's an orchestra of puppet work yes it's amazing it's it's not the dark crystal where you have these great elaborate costumes and you know jim henson there's where there's like three or four really incredible animatronics or puppets on screen. There's a shot where they're in the movie theater of 60 of these fuckers all doing different goddamn things. And they're all killing it. They're all look, they all look fantastic. And so it's an orchestra of filmmaking is what I would call it. Kremlins is phenomenal. It's the one of his two masterpieces. I think that I still think explorers is a better movie. Hmm than gremlins but gremlins is pretty amazing i also hated gremlins when i was a kid and i don't know why because when i watched it not very long ago i was like what was wrong with me this is fucking hilarious yeah it's really it's also the peak of the joe dante's protagonist versus tiny adversaries absolutely which is a staple of his filmmaking you're always being attacked by tiny adversaries 
I like the whole magic of the uh, the Mugwai, you know, uh, what's his goddamn name? Gizmo? Gizmo. Gizmo. And his level of charm and his fun, and he never becomes uh, fucking uh, stupid uh, pizza-throwing Jim Winerski. He never becomes munchy. No. He's never a monster bud. He's always loyal and helpful and is having his own adventures throughout the entire thing. Dude, he dresses up as Rambo. Right. And shoots somebody. He is a character in his own right, not just a fucking gimmick. And I it's and then you go to this monster movie halfway through it where it's just shenanigan after shenanigan where Joe Joe Dante is like, "All right, well there's I've got three gremlins over here." What am I going to make them do? Well, what's the most outlandish thing we could do with the with the set pieces we've got around them? Oh, I know what we're going to do. And they go just shenanigan after shenanigan with these guys. It's it's a truly great movie. I think so, too. It also sort of, because Gizmo, it balances this weird, strange emotional connection that you get, like, because he's the villain at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. it's all his fault, ultimately, Right. Sure, you don't get him wet, but if he didn't exist, none of it would happen. Correct. So you have to like, there's this balance like, oh, you must, this creature should survive despite its inherent evil. Mm-hmm. So it's a very rare thing in filmmaking as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. My number nine shouldn't be much of a surprise, but uh, also on YouTube right now, and I believe it just got a Blu-ray release. It's The Barbarians. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i i my favorite my thing about the barbarians is it's a sword and sandal movie that is gives you basically everything you want uh you've got especially if you want two giant retards giant <laughs> screaming retard language at each other uh way overly muscled dudes that uh have no care for anybody around them except for their own like stroking of their own egos. That's all their motivations are in the plot of the barbarians is just to be cooler than the other one. Do you think when you get that muscular, you can wipe your own butt? Uh, yes, Jackie, I would imagine you don't need to ask your barbarian brother. Well, they are barbarians. They don't even wipe their butt. So it's not a problem. They don't need one of those toilet extenders. Yeah. Uh, it's high adventure, dangerous stunts, Bad filmmaking throughout, cheesy effects, monsters, uh, scantily clad women being talked to poorly by guys who are far less intelligent than they are, and uh, bad costumes from the villains. It, it's it's just the cavalcade of, of what you want in a sword and sandal movie with showcasing morons. It's one of the finest examples of non-acting because they're just not acting they're just being like let's put these two guys in a movie they're just being jersey boys while wearing loincloths oh (laughs) yeah no hey you fucker no you fucker (laughs) oh man (laughs) let's both fucker (gasps) there's there's a shot in the movie that you can tell is unscripted, them just being them, uh-huh. like where there's the decapitation, and he just hits the lady in the face with it, and they start laughing at each other. Yeah. Where they're like, dude, you guys are the biggest fucking douches you on the planet. You guys suck so bad, <laughs> and you're you're the heroes of this film, and you were awful people. It's hilarious. 
Uh, so it's also on my list, just much higher. All right, the Barbarian, yeah. starring the Barbarian Brothers. That's how they became known as, as the Barbarian Brothers. They sure. went on to do. Uh, Double Trouble, I think, which we still have yet to check out. Which is the trucking movie, which yeah. I don't know how that hasn't happened with your infatuation with trucking. Oh, there's so many trucking movies, though. we got to get to That's that. true. Um, yeah, I fucking loved The Barbarians. It's been on my radar for a long time. If you haven't seen The Barbarians, you need to go out there and check it out, because it's, it's on a lot of people's top ten lists. So, there you go. Sammy? Number nine for me, this is where like my list really starts, because I kind of had that tenth spot reserved for sure. Mazes and Monsters. Yeah. This is where like shit really got whittled down, and it took a while, but a lot of movies got left out, and Firewalker makes the cut for number nine for me. Chuck no Norris. No shit. Yeah, Chuck she- Norris and Lewis Gassett Jr. Yep. And I the- thought about that one. It's on my honorable mentions. Yeah. yeah Firewalker the- is on my honorable mentions, too. I just had to, like, the there was a pile of about seven movies, and I couldn't. It was a real tough decision, but I, d- I decided to go with Firewalker because it's bullshit moments were more bullshit than the other one, and they would include the Native American guy jacking off uh-huh, <laughs> to right, save them, right. the jack-off magic, and then the incredibly bad rescue that takes about seven and a half minutes <laughs> 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 where they get stuck. It, they just get stuck on a rope, and like in in any other movie, Holding it's each like- other. Yeah. In, in real time, the lady has been killed, the villain has summoned the devil, whatever- bad thing is going to happen has happened because you got stuck trying to rescue each other. (laughs) But I guess they're waiting. They're upstairs waiting for him to get unstuck. And so they get unstuck and still save the day. I was like, no, they, they went on without you. You guys got stuck in the cave. It's, (laughs) it's Indiana Jones plus romancing the stone made by, uh, Canon. So it's none of those things. It resembles neither of those two properties. And it is shit throughout. It is garbage. But I, w- I think it's my second favorite Chuck Norris movie after the Delta Force, which really isn't even a Chuck Norris movie. So therefore, yeah. it's probably my favorite Chuck Norris movie. There you go. I mean, it's pretty good. And I don't even like Chuck Norris very much. Firewalker is fantastic. I love Chuck Norris. Fuck you. Yeah, well, I'm my own man. Eat shit. Uh, I can't. <laughs> not it's anymore. not on my diet. Gross. Uh, uh, <laughs> Firewalker is so much stinking fun and so dumb and so hilarious. And it's it's that rare thing where people are trying to be funny and they're so not funny that they become funny. Yes. It's Chuck, transcendent. Oh, I, if he Chuck Norris could have had a second career as a stand-up comedian telling bad jokes because he's so goddamn awful at telling jokes right. that you just laugh at the poor attempt at telling a joke. It's an achievement in poor joke telling. <laughs> He's the king of not being able to tell a joke. His jokes are worse than your dad's. Like any of <laughs> anybody's any dad's, dad's ever. Yeah. Oh, whatever. He's worse. Uh, yeah, he is, because my dad actually is pretty funny. Um, nope. <laughs> your dad tells dad jokes, Jackie. <laughs> I don't care. It's just what happens. Funny. You spit out a kid and you start telling bad jokes. <laughs> uh, Jackie, your thoughts on Firewalker? I already said I really loved it. Okay, that's it's as on much my as you honorable got. mention. Um, I thought it was zany and fun, and I'm with I'm I'm with you. It's I love Chuck Norris, and I I do think that this is my favorite movie of Chuck Norris's. Hmm. Yeah, more than the Delta Force. Yeah, yeah, nice. That's not. I mean, it's hard to beat a motorcycle with a gun on the front, but you know, I'm gonna go with it. As I declared, anybody that argues that Firewalkers is the best Chuck Norris movie, I can't say you're wrong. Yeah, it might be. So. Yeah, uh, that one's on, I think, DVD only at this point. Blu-rays, the, all the Canon stuff got re-released on That's Blu-ray. True. So yeah. 
one of the things about Firewalker is is that it and among uh, others, including an eye for an eye, was never available uh, widescreen. I don't think on mm-hmm. DVD. So it's available in its theatric uh, exhibition for the first time as of a couple six ten months ago. Nice, Jackie. Number eight. This one actually might shock you guys. All right. Monster Dog. Monster Dog starring uh, Alice Cooper. Yeah. If I remember correctly. <laughs> I loved yeah. this movie you so much. You did love Monster Dog quite a bit. <laughs> I loved the, uh, sometimes, um, James Bond. His opening song where he changes costumes. Yeah, no, Alice Cooper performs two music videos in this film. And he performs that one twice, once at the beginning and (laughs) once at the end, which I was like, dude, I wish they would end with that. And they did, which (laughs) really made my, my, my expectation or my, my love of this movie even bigger. But the dog was so goddamn ridiculous. The dog is awful. (laughs) It's not a dog. It's a werewolf. Yeah. Well, whatever it was supposed to be. But it it looked ridiculous. The story was stupid, mm-hmm. and the and just the acting around Alice Cooper was just like, and I just, I don't know. I just loved this movie so much. That, I was so completely entertained. See, I almost could go with you with Monster Dog, but my main beef with it is that there is all this phenomenally terrible acting around Alice Cooper, and Alice Cooper is doing a fantastic job. He's good in this film. And then they go, you know what? This guy's too good. Let's dub his voice. It's Alice Cooper. Let's put on some Italian guy's voice over him. Fuck you. It's Alice goddamn Cooper. You don't dub Alice Cooper. I didn't if think they, he was dubbed. I, I liked everything about it except for that. It just infuriated me why you would do that, why you would even bring Alice Cooper in because this is like 1982, 1983 that this was made. He was already somebody. It's not like, who's this fucking Alice Cooper guy? Uh, he was at his peak and you fucking dub him? You know, shit. is one reason why that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And one of the super cost-cutting measures that you can do is Post-production only sound. Yeah. They probably just shot the damn thing without sound. Well, every, nobody else was dubbed, though. Huh. They had just fucking boom mics all over the goddamn set. It all sounded terrible, except for when Alice Cooper's dub was going That's over too in bad. No, it sucked. Uh, I didn't see this movie, so I, I don't know exactly. Uh, you missed out. Ah. But other than that, it was fun. I do like both of those Alice Cooper videos. They were that; Those were the highlights of the film, by all means. But then again... It, the same problem I have with it, those is the same problem I have with Purple Rain. Get rid of the rest of the movie. I just want to watch these music videos. Just give me Alice Cooper for two hours playing silly songs and making goofy faces. Like the the Megadeth video that they was their show, but they made it into a movie by adding some bullshit about a roadie that has to fight monsters. You're talking Metallica. Metallica. Through the never. Through the never. Why that bullshit with the roadie didn't need to happen. Just show the show. It was fine. I don't know. I like the roadie, too. That was dumb. Because at least Metallica was playing during the roadie. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I thought it was fine. So uh, I believe that's on Amazon Prime currently, Monster Dog, if you want to check that out. My number eight is a big one. It's a staple of the genre or whatever we call this hobby. I don't know. Uh, it's Jim Cotta. Jim Cotta. Oh man, this was a good movie. It made my honorable mentions. Yeah, it didn't make the list for me. Yeah, I don't. I don't fault you guys, but uh, this is in a lot of people's number uh, greatest bad movies of all time lists. Uh, I 
enjoyed it in the fifth time I saw it when we did our podcast episode on it. We caught it. We we spotted a lot of new things that we didn't ever catch the first time. Yeah. I think we were just so focused on, you know, how shitty Jinkata is itself, and then the uh, Village of the Crazies and all all the main major points of this film but there are so many subtler things that just suck that you don't notice mm-hmm. while you're laughing at all these other moments that uh, it's like it's like an onion you just keep peeling the layers sure. of jim cotta back <laughs> and I, you actually have to watch it that many times i think that's why it doesn't make my list is just because i've seen it so much mm-hmm. that it has no impact on my year in review even though if it was the first time i'd saw it it would be towards the top of my list kind of a thing right now it's like seeing it so many times. It's you're heavily into the analytical phase, and there's just more garbage. There's always more garbage in this thing, like the butt monk. Yeah, well, the butt monk's pretty. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> he stands out pretty big. The butt monk. The first time out, you're like, that guy's butt's showing. What the? Huh? This town is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's also, as, as we stated on the podcast, it's the another rare breed in filmmaking where you have something where nothing awesome takes place. Nothing transpires that is anything close to being cool. Not at all. Whereas we compared it to Megaforce because it's the same type of stupid non-existent plot line. That's, yes. But Megaforce has so much fucking awesome shit. There's motorcycles jumping over cars. <laughs> yes. That's all you got to say. Okay, that's fucking awesome. There is nothing awesome about Jim Cotta, and it's still a fucking blast throughout. Jim Cotta sucks. It stinks. It's the worst martial arts that has ever existed and not cool at any point. You're, as I stated on the show, if you're the kid out in the backyard in Imagination Town and you're like, what are you doing? I'm doing Jim Cotta. You're going to get your ass kicked by yeah. your friends. You deserve to get your ass kicked by your friends. You're a little dipshit. You probably that and that, you know, you, no one actually has that gymnastic talent other than the gymnast. So if you're playing Jim Cotta, you're going to kick your own ass <laughs> because you're going to like try to do a backflip and you're just going to hit your head and you're running <laughs> crying and what and you're like, mom's like, what happened? And like, I was playing Jim Cotta. Well, that's your own damn fault. Yeah. Try not to trip down the stairs on the way to your bedroom. <laughs> yeah. How dare you watch that movie? <laughs> Sam, number eight. Number eight for me is 88 Minutes. 88 Minutes starring Al Pacino. Yes, old popcorn head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my, my note is popcorn head should be in jail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because Al Pacino molests Alicia Witt on various occasions throughout the film. Not like incidental boob touching. It is, it is sexual assault. Dude, it is blatant grab ass. If you if you ask me, she was asking for it. <laughs> oh, you tell them to bring LA looks next time, so my head doesn't look like a small explosion. <laughs> he does have a mushroom cloud on top of his head. It changes shape throughout the film. His his head accident gets worse and better sometimes, and he stinks throughout. And the whole plot is doesn't make any goddamn sense. Time is disconnected to reality and can just move however it wants up and down. People have teach professors just have fucking firearms in their pockets that they can pull out at any time. Yeah. He's like professor detective man or something. But it doesn't even make not, sense. It, it, the whole plot of the film can't even exist by its own rules. <laughs> TikTok doc. He 
can't put the guy in jail because he's not even there to put the guy in jail at the beginning of the movie. So my other sort of odd way or odd reason for picking 88 minutes is that Lily Sobieski has retired from acting. Yes, that is true. Is like, and then had some like bad things to say about the industry. Like it's the acting's fault that she stunk at it. And that Lily Sobieski was quite bad in this movie. And it's like, Oh, we don't get any more of this shit. And, uh, Wicker Man. Right. No. And in the name of the king as well. Yeah. Don't forget about that. No, she stinks. Uh, yeah. Who quit who? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to retire from mediocrity. I'm afraid you can't. You just stop doing it. Yeah. No, 88 minutes is, is mind-bogglingly bad. And a lot of fun. Number seven. No, 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 number seven. Which we have already heard once before for Justin's number 10. Mm-hmm. Deadliest Prey. Deadliest Prey. You like Deadliest Prey a lot more than I did. Or well, at least you know, the ending got there. me. The yeah. ending got me with the yeah. double fist dad and son doing the yeah. fist pump thing. That's no, fucking awesome. My dad is a star. Yeah. It, you, it tugged at you my heartstrings. You are too, little Billy. You're my star. Who's yeah. Mike Dan? Who's the other guy? Fritz. Yeah. Fritz uh, Matthews. Fritz Matthews. I think my favorite part of Deadliest... Or yeah, Deadliest Prey mm-hmm. uh, is that Fritz Matthews and Ted Pryor. Ted Pryor could still put on a ad lib play fight like nobody's business. Right. Even though Fritz Matthews is a quite large man. Oh, yeah. He held it together, <laughs> though. They got it done. I was a little worried that a heart attack was going to happen on screen. <laughs> no, it's, it's, and I, again, like the whole premise is just go pick up a guy we've got to we've got to train these mercenaries so we're going to teach them how to hunt and danton walks out into his front yard and he's like you guys are going to grab me again huh me no he's they grab him on purpose right yeah no because it's a bad idea that's what mike danton's saying is like you guys really think this is gonna go well i'm gonna kill all of you you all are going to die it's not going to work out. It didn't work out 20 years ago. Not going to work out today. Yeah, it was a revenge movie. Yeah. That did not go well. Went poorly. Uh, as poorly <laughs> as the first one. Revenge is not a best a dish served best upside down and on your own head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that, uh, you know, the kid comes in and saves the day. and uh, It's great. It's a great movie. Yeah. My number seven, if we're ready to move on, Jackie. Oh, yeah. Shokasugi in Rage of Honor. Rage of Honor is on my honorable mention. Yeah. No, uh, I love Rage of Honor. It's everything I wanted to see. It's as awesome as the ninja franchise is. They're not very ninja-y compared to Rage of Honor, where he doesn't play a ninja. At all. (laughs) He's a cop. Yeah. Who has ninja powers. Not declared ninja powers. Oh, like... I. I used to be a ninja, but now I figured my talents were best served as a tough cap. He's just Joe Policeman. It starts out hot when he gooses that guy with the gun. Mm-hmm. Like he sticks a, a gun in somebody's butt. Right. That, is that true. was like, whoa, that's got to be. Hey, oh, I guess I have to go to confession now. And you can't understand a goddamn word that comes out of his mouth. <laughs> and he's got weapons. Stacked upon weapons 
in his pants. Oh, he just yeah. has all of these ninja weapons everywhere, and it doesn't make any goddamn sense. He's the too many ninja weapons, weapons ninja. Through the first long action sequence, he, he just is carrying a gun, uh-huh. and he never uses it. It's like he's only holding the gun so that he can prove that he's going to kick your ass with karate with one hand impeded by a gun that he's not using. And whatever weapons you throw at him, he's just going to take them and add them to his collection of weapons that he has in his pants. And you're going he's going to kill you with your own weapon exactly. first, of course. Uh, and then we should not fail to mention that at some point he goes in and kills an entire tribe of people. <laughs> just murders and then you're thinking, oh, this is a perfect setup where like you have the corporation evil and there's the indigenous people and they meet and they team up. No, they're just in his way. So he kills them all. He kills all of them. It's genocide. An entire population of people. <laughs> Because they're between him and the bad guy. <laughs> and it's not like they're like, hey, stop. Don't come in here. They're just there hanging yeah. out, like whittling stuff and making leathers and uh, setting up new teepees or whatever they do. Making a life, hunting and gathering. And he storms through them like fucking hot knife through butter. Murders. <laughs> All of them. And it's okay because he's the good guy. Yeah. Right? It's just like the movie gets sidetracked on genocide just for a minute. And you think that that would be like, oh my God, that's the most insane shit in this film. Nope. No, the entire final battle sequence with Shokasugi by himself versus like 200 guys. And it's the guys are. Your classic 80s bad guy that just look like a bunch of union workers uh, and sunglasses. Right. And so it's like, you know, uh, the entire, it's Shokasugi versus the Teamsters and he kicks their ass. He kicks their fucking ass. He's making like, he does shoot, uh, specifically one guy is beating down on him from way up high. And he's like, this guy is like half a click away and he's got a fucking sniper rifle and Shokasugi gets like ninja sense and he pulls out his pistol and shoots him from half a fucking mile away. And the guy's like, oh, I had a sniper rifle. He shot me with a 38. And then he, and then Kasugi's already halfway through killing the next guy without even paying any uh, heed to what an amazing shot he just <laughs> made. <laughs> it's insane. And then the, it, like this battle sequence spills out from a, a warehouse out into the yard and then into like some ancient ruins mm -hmm. and a helicopter gets involved and it's bonkers. Then there's a Spanish bad guy who all of a sudden is the only person who is less understandable than Shokasugi. Right. Like that was the only thing this movie was missing is if those two had a long conversation with each other where you just got nothing that either one was saying. Oh man. I, I I didn't think that there could be like that. My favorite Shokasugi movies I had already seen. No rage of honor stormed through them and kicked the shit out of them. Rage of honor is my favorite Shokasugi movie of all time. Really? Yeah. Wow. I loved it. Yeah. It's a good time. I think it's uh, it might be on YouTube. If not, it, there is a, a DVD copy of it on Amazon for, I think like six bucks or something like mm. that. So get that. And the reason I'm not talking is because I did not see this one. No, you didn't. You avoid the ninja films quite a bit, and you miss out. Sam? My number seven was episode from two weeks ago, Cutthroat Island. Cutthroat Island. Oh, wow. you mentioned that you, we would see it again. Yeah, I because I only saw it when it came out, and I was like 
16 or 17 or something. And I was like, yep, that sucks. Yeah, that's not a good movie. Oh, well, oh, oh, thanks, Blockbuster. I'm going to go watch Independence Day again. <laughs> that cost me $5. God damn it. But the revisit was amazing. It is just the most ridiculous pile of garbage. I think it's one of the strongest revisits we've ever done. Oh, yeah. Bad Dog and the Treasure of No Sexy. That, that would be an alternate yeah. title. <laughs> Uh, Lumpy and the scalp map. <laughs> it's so gross. The whole movie is just disgusting. Ugh. She has, that can't be understated. She has her father's scalp in her crotch. Mm -hmm. That's where she keeps it. Mm -hmm. Gross. Not cool. Yes, yeah, super gross. Ugh. And super retarded movie. No, oh, it's so and dumb. She was just so goddamn awkward. She's terrible. And and she's the least problematic part of the film. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I thought the boats were nice. Oh my god! The whole story—it's the idiot plot, as as we yeah. mentioned. It, the film can't exist unless if one person has any level of intelligence in the film, the movie cannot exist. Exactly. Just one person is all it takes to stop this shit, and nobody could do it. Nope. <laughs> it's just pile on stupid after stupid. And the, the learning about the making of the film and how dubious the production went. And Factoid's like, oh, we got Matthew Modine because he already knew how to sword fight. But then really don't have him sword fight in the whole fucking movie. Right, right. Oh, that makes perfect sense. And for it being the second highest adjusted for inflation box office box office flop, flop of all time, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a museum piece in bad movie it is uh, whereas like pluto nash you just want it nope nope yeah, not gonna happen to watch. uh but this is fucking phenomenal i can't express enough how everybody should go watch cutthroat island like the mona lisa of bad movies yeah yeah that's a good way to put it jackie number six number six unmasking the idol. Oh, little Duncan Jacks. Yeah. Another rare breed movie that not very many people have experienced. Uh, you know, what really sells me on these is the monkey. Boon, Boon the baboon. The baboon yeah. Boon the baboon. Grenade chucking baboon. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Boone is fucking awesome. Because Duncan Jacks is not a handsome man. No. No. And he's no. very poorly cast. But <laughs> even though he tries the sexy all the time. Oh, he's got the sexy dialed to 12. Yeah, like, and he's got that weird eye thing. That's oh, the, and he that's, opens his eyes really wide. That's sexy, Jack. That's the sexy, yeah. Oh. Ooh, that's, the sexy. That's how Worth Keeter gets the ladies. Ah. That and GHB. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> combo of the two. <laughs> but I, I love it. I think it's entertaining. I think it's well-paced. And, you know, they're just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The, the plot lines and everything are just ridiculous. Intentionally hilarious throughout mm -hmm. and very good, hilarious jokes. Yeah, these well, these one, uh, the Duncan Jacks business was on my list just much higher as well. Ah, oh, Duncan Jacks. Ice cream cake Hitler. Oh, yes. Wait, that's the other one. Not on my, that was, just, They're all the it, same. It doesn't matter, yeah. yeah. That's, in fact, when we get to it later, that's what I just identify it as the Duncan Jacks duology. I, they're so much fun. One of the things that humankind is missing out on is that these are not on Blu-ray and not widely available because like you go imagine if these were at the bargain bin, a two for one at uh, Walmart for five bucks. Oh my God. It would sell like fucking hot. It cakes. would. This would, yeah, it would be a matter of con. Like everyone would have seen them if they were. Yep. 
these if they had like a two for five dollar deal on this thing. Yeah, this is just a victim of of I guess poor post release because they're they really should be a staple in all 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 of this. They're in my hall of fame for bad movies, high up the list. Not a lot of people have seen them. No. And it's it's just like what they're they're incredible. They're incredible. There's so much like they're the opposite of Jim Cotta where everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. A fucking Ford Ranger comes in on a parachute with guys in the back that have guns. That's awesome. And the monkeys on that truck. Yeah, he's chucking fucking grenades off of a prison wall for an escape technique. It's the fire hose of bullshit. It, it never stops. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Unrelenting fire hose of bullshit. I love unmasking the idol. Oh, God. What a great, and, and not to mention, ninjas. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, you love the ninjas. One of the better not James Bond, James Bond title sequences. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Lasers and all sorts of bullshit. Yep. Uh, oh, man. Bullshit uh, uh, dialed up to 12. Fantastic. My number six is the Piuma Man. <laughs> oh, my God. Piuma Man. Piuma Man. I loved Puma Man. Puma Man is so much goddamn awesome <laughs> and awful throughout. He's the worst superhero that's ever existed. and But at the same time, like, when you compare him to the other, I'm thinking like uh, uh, 1980s Captain America, Spider-Man the series from CBS, yeah, um, and and then those two other shitty ones, the, the Mystery Science Supersonic Man, and like just that all those really bad superhero movies. He sucks, but there's something really likable about Puma Man. I know what it is. Okay, his cape turns into a poncho. His shirt, <laughs> cape, poncho thing is unbelievable his powers are inconsistent that's what it is is it's got this x factor of just what where everything in the film is inconsistent and ridiculous and him the the guy that plays puma man is the shittiest cast ever like he's terrible he's like an accountant as puma man he is not i'm mild manner fred davis accountant by day and Puma Man at night. No, he's Fred Davis, Mile Manor accountant as Puma as Man. Puma Man. I'm just saying, Justin, you, you could be Puma Man. I really could be Puma Man. You guys have the exact, the, a very similar build. The comedic body, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, also not coordinated or really very athletic. That is Puma Man. I think one of the other wonderful factoids about Puma Man is that Donald Pleasance has been in some really shitty movies. Yes. A lot a of lot really, of really shitty, shitty movies. And this is the only one that stuck out for him is like, oh, that Puma man was a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're Donald Pleasance and I've been in all these other movies and the only one you're like, well, I really regret doing Puma man. That says something right there. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. I love the a whole thing is just like a cosmic practical joke by some aliens that <laughs> drop a glob of, gold shit their 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 boeing bombs are gold masks that donald pleasance is like the power of the mind that mask was awful oh so bad and puma man's flying where he would flip midair (laughs) because you know he was on the the wires right with the shitty scenery behind him that was also just about as horrific the helicopter flyover shot back rear projection doesn't match his flying motions it's 
great. The the flying is the worst flying that has ever been done in a movie. It's incredibly bad. And, and yeah, and oh god, it's hilarious. Puma Man is fantastic. Oh, not to mention, we should never fail to uh, mention that uh, one of his powers. Hey, did you know that I can die? That's one of my powers. I can just die. You can just die and then come back. And then it washes off all of the other bullshit that was if any of the afflictions that you had before death will be gone when you wake up from being dead. So he defeats the bad guy by dying. dying. Yeah. For a little while. Does anybody notice that I'm dead? Well, we think he's dead. I don't know. Did you check his pulse? No. Let's get out of here. <laughs> he, he doesn't do anything. He's just laying there dead. Wow, what a fucking sequence. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and as a bad guy, it's not about- to check him and or put a bullet in his head. Right? It's just like, well, we yeah. want to, you know what? We're on a budget this month. We're already over budget for bullets. Let's just save this round and get the hell out of here. If you're the bad guy, you got to be standing there thinking like, well, that was anticlimactic. I guess the movie's <sighs> over. We won and we didn't even get to fight Puma Man. He's just dead. Huh. huh, all right. Well, what did he die from? So get some cheesesteaks and say we killed him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we killed the shit out of that guy. What are you oh, talking man. about? It was a massacre. There was oh, Puma Man everywhere. God, it was. Gary kicked him in the balls so hard he went through the roof. It was incredible. We had to go straight to the car wash because, God, I got, I got Puma Man behind my ears. Mm-hmm. There was so much Puma Man everywhere. <laughs> and why is Puma Man attacking my fortress? <laughs> no. Uh, streaming via YouTube, or I think it's actually on Netflix now with uh, the Mystery Science Theater, um, the season compilation that's on there right now. So please go watch Puma Man. Yeah, Puma Man is a great time. With or without Mystery Science Theater. Fantastic. Sammy. My number six is Odds and Evens. Oh! Oh! Bud Spencer and Terrence Howard. Yes, Terrence Hill. Terrence Hill. Terrence Howard's the black guy that I don't like. Yeah. You will also see Odds and Evens coming up on my list. Oh, really? All right. Yeah, thank God there's 19 more of these things. Because <laughs> that's like one of the, the like with Duncan Jacks, there's only two. With all these bad movies, it's like, God, I wish there was more of that. The only time there's more of that, Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill. There is no shortage of these guys screwing around. Shenanigans. Just constant shenanigans. There's so many shenanigans that there's almost no movie. Yeah, the the entire soundtrack should just be. <laughs> it's, oy, 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 the Italian slapstick. The one brother speaks seagull. Uh huh. Oh. <laughs> and this is after you're like speaking dolphin. That's so stupid. And then oh no, he speaks seagull because that's what it does. Is it gives you a stupid joke and that you're like uh. And then it's like, ha, watch this. It's a stupider joke. And you're like, God damn it, that's funny. <laughs> that is funny. That's so stupid. It, rem- it makes me feel like, you know, you've seen Rat Pack movies before. Sure. Yeah. They're, they're not any good. They, no. They all stink. But they're having fun. But they're having fun. But this is actually good and Rat Packy. It's like if the Rat Pack had a sense of comic slapstick, timing, like yeah. if it was written by the, the Zucker Brothers. Uh, fantastic hilarious yeah and even i mean the writing's even good Mm -hmm. it's it's fun it's such a fun movie the like oh we're gonna win by gambling well how do you win gambling 
Well, you you bring in a ringer. Who's the ringer? <laughs> Me in everything. We're the ringers. We're better at everything than anyone ever. That's how we're going to make a fortune gambling by putting ourselves in as a ringer. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Especially when Bud Spencer shows up for the high ally thing in You're a right. wig. You're like, oh yeah, that fat guy in the wig. He's definitely going to win this high ally <laughs> tournament. And the... What is the final climactic scene? Like 20 minutes? 20 minutes of some ridiculous fighting. Oh, it's so silly. And a lot of apple eating before this all happens. (laughs) You know that he was like, I gotta go to the bathroom because he has the fucking shits. Yes, he needed to drop the uh, radio antenna apple out of the window, but he had to shit. You don't eat 10 fucking apples in a row and be like, no, I don't have to poop. (laughs) Odds and Evens currently streaming on Amazon Prime. As well as many of the other Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer movies. Yeah, we'll have to get to those at some point. Jackie. My number five. Number five. Oh, do we even have to talk about this again? It's Odds and Evens. Oh, hey oh. <laughs> Me and Sam were like brothers from a different mother. Yeah, they're right there. What, brothers? Well, okay. Hermaphrodites from another mother. What? Okay, never mind. I only have the one set. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, me too. If only. (laughs) Bringing back the ringers when Terrence Hill decides that he's going to be the ringer for the chariot race, and he gets recognized as not being the guy he's supposed to be Uh by one of the other racers. The guy's like, hey, you're not so-and-so. He's like, oh, yeah, why don't you say, call out my name? He's like, hey, Steve. Oh, hi. Like that fooled him. Like, yep, that's me. Now, now it's me. You don't know, whatever. <laughs> don't know. I just this movie was just so fucking funny, Sam. I I gotta say thank you for introducing this one to us because I I loved it. Yeah, there's it's nonstop awesome. There's a like he's trucking with the dolphin at the beginning Correct. of it. And you're just like, what? How are they gonna keep going with this? And they do. They manage to be. More ridiculous as the movie progresses. It, oh, it, it's it's a continual upslope of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, totally, totally worth it. And fast moving. Uh, it's it's a short movie too. It's only like uh, eighty seven minutes or something like yeah, that. That's a ninety minute job. Yeah, yeah. Odd that they can fit all that into ninety minutes, yeah, but they do absolutely. It's almost like it's almost like a like a Saturday morning cartoon. The movie. But it, and it works too because whenever you usually have these like cartoon on live action, the mm-hmm. rules of cartoons in live action, it's generally horrible. Right. This isn't horrible. No. This is. It's got like, it's the Marx Brothers without necessarily as as sharp wit as mm-hmm. the Marx Brothers had, but their level of physical comedy is right there. Absolutely. My number five. Is Jaws 3D. <laughs> oh, my God. Jaws 3D didn't make my list, but good God, is it, it a fun time. I loved it. And here's here's the crazy thing about Jaws 3D in the revisit, because I'd seen it when I was a kid, of course. Like, oh, God, this is terrible. Yes. Uh, it might be the worst shark movie ever made. And that's saying really something. fucking saying something because there's a, a ton of bad shark movies we will we will make this determination next week because my next movie is going to be shark attack 3 megalodon which up to jaws 3 i thought was the worst shark movie ever made and still awesome jaws 3d though is so awesomely 
shit. It's so shit. I love how the 3D that they show you is like pieces of dead fish. Yeah. Like the fish head. Not exciting 3D. Like, yeah, like, oh. It's yeah. not like they make an arm come out or anything. It's just like, and then uh, the shark threw up and he had these little bits hanging out in his stomach. The horror. Yeah. It's it, right there in front of me. I can reach out and touch this bass's head. <laughs> that Whoa. is still moving. It's like, oh, pretty sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, every one of their 3D moments is as exciting as watching your mom make a sandwich. Yep. It's like, ooh. That, and it's dangerous. That pickle is very close to the camera. Oh, my. <laughs> and Jaws looks awful. Like, when he's attacking the underwater sea base that people are trapped in, because they thought it was a good idea to build Sea Lab for tourists yeah. at SeaWorld and stick Jaws inside of it. Why not? Uh, come on. And he tries to bust in through the windows like, I'm going to get you, people. <laughs> he looks like fucking shit. Oh, it's terrible. And what was the the one guy who was in the tunnel with all the tourists? What did his t-shirt say again? Oh, the it was the product. Their unfortunate product placement from the Gargoyles sunglasses uh-huh. where he's just got this t-shirt that says, sit on my face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we had to like look up because we had to stop it like three times like, that guy's shirt really says sit on my face and he got in the movie. What the, how the fuck does that happen? You can't like be an extra show up and have something obscene. And like, oh yeah, put that guy in the movie. He's got a giant penis on his head. No, but then we had to look it up and it was, that was the slogan for Gargoyle's sunglasses was sit on my face or some nonsense like that. And it was like, oh, that wasn't just a weird instance. That was product placement. We could not stop laughing throughout Jaws 3D. I mean, we were, there was points on the floor where we were almost all on the floor because it was so fucking hilarious, unintentionally hilarious and not scary in any manner. Like it's as scary as, I don't know, uh, a Christmas movie, something like that. Like not frightening in any way, this man killing shark, not accomplishing anything. Not to mention Jaws himself was completely inept. He's the worst shark ever. In, in this movie, like he, he, he gets, accomplishes nothing. He gets stuck in a tube. <laughs> he gets stuck in a goddamn tube. <laughs> I am pretty sure that that was not Jaws, but his cousin Frank, because Jaws <sighs> refused to sign the contract for sure. Jaws 3. Black sheep Frank the shark. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'll do it. Bruce, I kind of look like Jaws. Bruce Bruce was offered the position. And they, Bruce said, nope, try Frank the shark. <laughs> <laughs> and it's odd that Jurassic Park is a mega blockbuster because it shares almost the exact same plot as this movie. Very similar, yeah. yeah like it, Randy Quaid and, and Sam Neill are kind of the same guy in this film. One's a lot not as good as actor. <laughs> I'm, I'm com- saying that Randy Quaid... Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid does worse... Than Sam Neill did at one point. <laughs> uh, not to mention the awkward, hey, let's get in the water with these women that we just met from uh-huh. the bar and switch up a little bit. Leah Thompson's in it. Leah Thompson, yeah. Yeah. No, man. It's uh it's it's not electric bullshit. It is it's the fucking Hindenburg. <laughs> it's going down. All right, Sam, wrap up our ten through five. My number five. Super Inframan. Super Inframan? Yep. From the Shaw Brothers. The movie that is constantly asking itself, did we do that right? Well, just put more bullshit on. Yeah. Because it's there. Let's first time out. Let's copy Common Rider. Uh, we don't really know what we're doing, so we're just going to do eight times as much bullshit as they put in one of their movies, and it's awesome. And it's, it's as we said on the, the review of it that we did for Streaming Do's and Don'ts, 
it's like the Power Rangers, but on LSD. Like yeah, it, it is a mind fuck. It of doesn't make weirdness any sense, and it's constantly moving at a hundred miles an hour. We just watched another one that was a mashup from a series where they just grab as much events as possible and mm-hmm. over stuff in the editing process. And it was like that only it was a scripted piece. It right. wasn't a compilation. They just put that much bullshit in one movie. It's and and because it's a Shaw Brothers movie but doesn't involve the Deadly Venoms or the the 36 Chamber, it's not really talked about because it breaks so far from what they normally do, which is sure. just samurais and ninjas. This is banana business throughout though. And it's Bruce Lee's first movie which should be, again, like not really talked about, but his other movies are more traditional kung fu films from the Shaw Brothers. Correct. So it's just like, where did this little gem get lost to? Because it's it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's buried. Um, streaming on Amazon Prime, we should mention. It is now, yes. Uh, but I wouldn't hesitate to say that, like, I, I would have to really put some deep thought into deciding if this wasn't my favorite Shaw Brothers movie, which... I really, really like a lot of Shaw Brothers movies. I do, too, and this is really up there. Wow, that's really fucking saying something. It's not like like, uh, uh, Weapons of the East, or whatever it's called, Deadly... Heroes of the East. Heroes of the East is actually like a really good movie by the Shaw Brothers that I like a lot. This is the 36th Chamber. Yeah, it was okay. But usually what I go for in Shaw Brothers movies is their silly business and like I'm thinking, like uh, uh, not Five Element Ninjas, mm-hmm. uh, that type of like. Oh my god, this is so dumb. Wire work, wire work, and-, and this has got all of that, but also a kaiju slash giant robots fighting over Tokyo movie. It yeah, it's so odd that they just first time out. They're basically copying Tohei and Toho mm-hmm. and these silly movies that they're making, and they make what I think is probably the most entertaining of that style of movie that I've ever seen. And also completely stupid. And throughout. completely stupid. Cause they're all super stupid. There's just no way right. to do like, Oh yeah, that, that was a very good, realistic earthy and gritty version of Ultraman. <laughs> what? <laughs> all right. So there's our 10 through five list. Uh, tune in next week when we get to four through one and also recount our favorite movies of 2016 that came out in 2016. So that will be out next Monday. Right now, though, we got a little bit of streaming do's and don'ts. We got a very important topic to talk about tonight, today, because today, this episode will release on Monday. Whenever you listen to it, it might be night, it might be day. But something very large happened on Friday, and I'm sure every single one of our listeners checked it out, but we got to talk about the new Mystery Science Theater. In the not-so-distant future, I kind of... Jonah. Jonah Ray. Yeah, I kind of like the new introduction. Yeah, yeah. It's a little little catchy. I'm not sure I like the skeleton crew. I like the skeleton crew. I like the skeleton band. I think they're awesome. Yeah, they're all right. Um, But I do like TV Frank's son. TV son of TV's Frank. TV Max. Played by Patton Oswalt. Yeah. He is a funny dude. Oh, Patton Oswalt's great. And yes. he was he was the perfect cast for that. Yep, I, I concur. And I was really, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's a spoiler, but you do get to see Pearl yeah. at one point. Uh, and on episode two, but let's only talk about episode one. Oh, okay. Which was Reptilicus. Reptilicus! 
the worst puppet ever. Reptilicus is pretty shitty. <laughs> pretty bad. Uh, before we get into Reptilicus, though, let's really focus on the Mystery Science Theater, the new idiom of Mystery Science Theater with uh, all fresh writers. Uh, no. The only principal involved from the first series is Joel, Joel Hodgson, who directed the first episode. Yes, and is the head writer. And executive producer. You can really tell that it has the spirit of the original, especially the first three seasons of the original, because it's sort of more Hodgson's vision than anyone else's. Yeah. I and I think that. that it's that's its greatest strength and sometimes its weakness. Because that guy reaches back 70 years for jokes sometimes with the mm. beach blanket bingo. I mean, I barely know that, and I'm almost 40. Yep, yep. Like there is, there. Whoa, those haven't been on TV in a while. Pretty obscure, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> there was like three of them, and there was like, oh yeah, my mom would think that was hilarious, and she doesn't watch this anymore. You know, I will say though, I liked that they kept the invention exchange, mm-hmm. and I liked that they brought back the letters. The letters? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah the good. fan letters. Yeah, sure. Um, because you know, like, and a lot of the mystery science theater that I've watched, you know, before this, you know, you have the episodes where they have the fan mail, and then it just kind of died off and they, they quit doing it. But I, I really appreciated it. I like that. All right, Sam, what are, what are your thoughts on the new mystery MST three K? And I only saw the first episode, but I noticed, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It kind of, it took me a little bit uh, to kind of get on board with it. But by the end of it, I was like, yeah, that's a really good, you guys are still doing the right thing. However, I would say that my biggest laughs were not from them. They were from the movie itself. Okay. Which we'll get to. And that. uh, my one real strong critique of it is that they didn't turn the movie down when they were talking. And so I had to crank the goddamn volume on my TV to hear what they were saying. And that kind of pissed me off. Uh, I am also with you. I struggled a little bit at first as well. It felt like they were, it took them a little while to find their foot. Um, I, I, a lot of the initial jokes fell flat. I kind of worry about some of the people being like, Oh, but it's not any good. Click and turn it off. Sure. Uh, when Jonah gives his rap about every country has a monster, I was like, nope, I'm fucking in. I didn't think that was that great. I thought it was awesome. Uh, so that, w- that was my sales point, and I stuck through with with them, and now I f- have full confidence in what's going on in that show. I will, with a couple complaints, it, which is, seems to be the, the, the primary thing that everybody's saying is, like, yeah, I liked it, with a few quibbles. And my two quibbles are, A, what you said, um, I didn't notice as much as you did, but uh, I've got an incredible sound system. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> got a subwoofer on my balls. I understood every word. <laughs> um, the jokes are coming in too hot sometimes and not enough in other spots where there's not a lot of the times I'm missing stuff because I'm trying to get the previous joke while they're delivering another joke that I'm also trying to get. and I, And I can't keep up. There's not... A lot of uh, their pacing's not real good on the jokes. It's just like a fucking machine gun of jokes. <laughs> yeah, they run over the top of some of their best jokes because yeah. you're laughing at the one that wasn't quite as funny. Yeah, exactly. As the funnier joke that you just missed. Yeah, so uh, that's one problem I have with it. My other problem is uh, now we're not going to talk about the second episode specifically, but I will uh, mention it in, in theory is that their movie selection might be too good. They're. Reptilicus was a standalone piece. We sure. did not need Mystery Science Theater 
to to get you through it. <laughs> it was fucking awesome on its own, and we'll talk about the second episode. But I felt the same way about the second episode when we get to that. So eh, I'm a little worried about their music movie selection because their movies might be too fucking awesome. And with you know the age of streaming, again, we were talking about the running over the top of jokes and that that it is a bad thing, but it also promotes repeat viewing, and so maybe. Yeah. That's kind of what this is, because that's what I really came away with is I go, you know, they're doing something I could watch more than once here. That's true. And that's something that the first ones are not really. You watch a Mystery Science Theater 3000 once and you're usually mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Manos I've seen twice just because it's such a fucking train wreck. Right. But uh, whereas this one, this first episode, I was like, you know, I could watch this again. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. You know what I liked is that even when the jokes were kind of starting to... You know, because sometimes in this movie, there were like uh, spells, right? Where there were no jokes. It was, it was quiet. Yeah. Fucking stupid. <laughs> but then when all the people were running and <laughs> they show like the movie shows just some random clip of a bicycle laying on the street and people are running around it. He's like, my bicycle. And it was just such good timing. I just laughed my ass off at that. I just thought it was hilarious. They did do a good job with the flop jokes. It should be just completely stupid. Mm-hmm. Like the monster dies like, I never had a chance to make friends with a child. Yeah. Like, that's just that's just a fucking terrible joke, but it's delivered really well. Yeah. <laughs> it was freaking hilarious. Uh, I'm excited about it. I can't wait to get to the rest of all of these episodes. Um, so I, I'm in on the Mystery Science Theater 3000 season 12. Yes. You too? I'm in, especially because Tom Servo flies mm-hmm. and Gypsy comes into the movie theater. Jackie likes the Gypsy sure. quite a bit. Gypsy is fun. I love Gypsy. I'm definitely in. I Joel Hodgson's actually one of my favorite comedians all time. Yeah. I, I love it. I have an, an other thought, though, is that they brought this back and it's like, wow, you didn't screw it up. Awesome. I'm in. I'm ready for more of this. But we've been watching a lot of the riff tracks lately. Yep. And uh, which is a totally different type of style. Totally different feel. And it's odd that when I was a kid, Mike T. Nelson was almost like a betrayal for me. Really? I did not like it. Or Mike J. Nelson. He, uh, when he took over, I was like, oh, it's not the same show anymore. I would still watch it, but it wasn't like as for me. I was, I just felt like Joel Hodgson was my favorite thing. So it broke my heart. Mm-hmm. But we've been watching these riff tracks lately and I just, Feel that it should be mentioned that Mike T- Mike J. Nelson is a really fucking funny guy. Oh, he's hilarious. I love Mike Nelson. Him and Bill Corbett, even though they're the second gen. And Kevin Murphy. It, Kevin Murphy's second gen. All, all three of the second gen guys are really fucking funny guys. Mm-hmm. And they should get some recognition for that as well. No, I know. I, I the As I said earlier while we were warming up for this, I think that we all will have to talk about the Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes like that. We'll all have to watch that episode at least one time and then talk about it on the podcast. You and I, Sam, we can go downstairs and watch Riff Tracks whenever the fuck we want. Yeah. And that I like that. That's I when you did the fan letter in Mystery Science Theater episode one, it's an eight year old kid. So there's still children in consideration. Riff Tracks is for adult men. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> totally. Uh, I'm glad that they're taking place side by side and not in conflict with each other. I've yes. been, I I follow all those guys on Twitter. They're all fucking great follows on Twitter. Yeah. Every single one of them. And it's all like, dude, awesome self promotion between each other. And like, as if they're all working on each other's show and yes. they're not. Um, so keep all that up guys. Now let's talk about Reptilicus, the movie itself. Because I'm going to go ahead and say right now, with or without Mystery Science Theater, Reptilicus is fucking awesome. 
incredible. I had, uh, how did this not, how is this not a thing? I don't know. This should be one of those, uh, like on the list of bad movies. It's incredibly terrible. It's real bad. <laughs> it's probably because the uh, dad makes some really inappropriate comments about his own daughters. Uh, oh, yep. it looks like he's going to be busy tonight he, with my daughters. He gets a little Donald Trumpy with his daughters. Like, she's a hot piece of ass, huh, Gary? Wouldn't you like to bang my daughters? If only you could. If only you had a velour jacket. Well, then... Then you could have both of them. Because look at that tall drink of water. And then they cut to the dumbest looking fucking dude of all time. <laughs> he's so and he's fucking banging dizzy. the general's daughters. What, that guy? This is the guy? <laughs> yeah, that guy was. Mm, and the no. general's stoked about it? Like, mm, no, look it's what just, I got. It's the doctor's daughters. Oh, whoever. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> it just doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> the general didn't have any children because his drawstring cut off the circulation <laughs> to his nethers. <laughs> Uh, now, Reptilicus is a giant Loch Ness monster type esque monster that has wings that don't do anything. They're attached to the side of its body. They don't even really, you can't even flap them. Yeah. Uh, has Wolverine powers. Yes. Uh, regeneration powers and spits acid? Spits green stuff that has no effect on anything. Well, He's, they say it's acid slime. It uh. does have an effect, as they declare in the Mystery Science Theater episode. Oh, that green slime makes it cut to a different scene. Oh, that's what it every, time, every time he sprays it, it just covers the entire frame, and you don't find out at all what is left afterwards. They just cut to something else. It like, just spits I, transitions. I guess they're dead. <laughs> Fair enough. So he, of course, invades a Danish town and takes it over and rips shit up, and the military's called in, starts blasting him conventional weapons don't work and you can't blow him up because if you blow him up then there's just a million reptilicuses that will yeah. grow and take over the world fantastic so you have to make a missile that's a tranquilizer <laughs> shoot it from a bazooka and then you get out there and you have your missile that's a, a tranquilizer and the monster opens its mouth and you aren't ready yet it's not loaded <laughs> that happened in the movie they're like okay we're here all right, let's load the gun. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, wait. We load then aim? Now we, oh, I had it the other way around. Are, are we ready to shoot it yet? Not yet? Okay. We, wait, we fire, then aim, then load. No. So, wait, what are we going to do? Okay, Gary's just going to drive his Jeep in there. <laughs> and so this guy just like fucking hot, like hot rods a Jeep right into the side of it, which seemingly has no effect. <laughs> it, uh, I don't even know if Reptilicus knew that Gary was down there. No, he just ran right into his leg or something and <laughs> died smushed. horribly. And they're like... I guess I'll stay here because that guy ran into my leg. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> you guys ready with that tranquilizer yet? No? Okay. I'll just, I'll keep, I'll keep uh, filling. I'll keep filling over here. And the model work we should mention is no, is no Anderson's. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> no. No. It's real bad model work. But I thought he looked really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a very handsome monster. Uh, mm. If not a little like, hey, this is a plastic piece of shit that I got from the dollar store. <laughs> Not to mention, is it just Rift Tra or uh, Mystery Science Theater, or is it really how Reptilicus came to be? Was a doctor went into his frozen chamber and took a little slice off of him to have a little snack? Because it seems like he cuts off part of his tail, yeah, and doesn't do anything with it. I no. think he just eats it. He falls asleep on it. 
Or did he fall asleep because he ate it? Well, that's, <laughs> you know, if that's not science. I don't want to have anything to do with it, right? He just takes a sliver it's off like, of it, goes back out into his lab, leaves the, the refrigerator door open, so, of course, Reptilicus thaws out. But I think he yeah, ate that. Well, I think you do. My God, man, do you know what this means to the world of science? Yes, let's eat it. And then, shouldn't, so shouldn't he have also, like, had Reptilicus form inside of his tummy and then pooped it out and it was like Dreamcatcher all over again or like gilgamesh like just this little tiny poop monster and then uh become eat some iron and why not yeah oh man reptilicus i'm gonna give reptilicus a do in either direction but definitely a do it's you've probably all have already seen it because of the mst3k season 12 I would say only watch it with MST. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I could watch it by, by itself. It, it was, was hilarious. It was hilarious. Uh, all right. Well, there's your episode, guys. Come back to us next Monday when we go through one through four, four through one, and our top of 2016, and probably talk about the second episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. In the meantime, get to the chop. Visit us at www.stinkermadness.com. Follow Stinker Madness on Twitter at Stinker Madness. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening, and get to the chopper. Hi, everyone. I'm Radio's Rick Dees. Do you like songs by New Kids on the Block or whatever was popular when I was in California? At KQ Rock. What's that, Crazy Eddie? Let's get the traffic. Yep, it's backed up. (laughs) Okay, I'm ready.